Well, hello, radio and podcast listeners. You've got Barton Smith here with the show, The Greater Good. Just a show about folks and how they impact the world and our society, especially here in Petaluma, California, where we all reside at this time. So I'd like to introduce a very special guest, uh, Petalumans. You will know his face probably more than you will know his name, by which I will call him first. Uh, then we'll introduce him by the name that you do all know him by. So first, I would like to start off with a uh, welcome to a very fine man, someone who gives to Petaluma constantly. Everyone hears his tunes throughout downtown. Welcome, if you would please, John Maher. Maher, Maher, Maher. He told me I was going to do that. Maher, it's like a pen and a cow. Get on with it. That's right. Maher, and he said he even gave me the back because the A like as in back. Maher, and I told you you would not do it. I know. See, why did you set that precedence for me? With what you give, I thought you would probably give me a greater opportunity here. There you are. Right. Exactly. Everyone else, you know him as Pedlima Pete. Welcome, John. Thank you very much. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thank you so much for being here today. So, John, you give folks constantly. You're out there, uh, you know, thumping on the ivory keys and making fun happen downtown. What's your, what's your favorite thing about being down there in the evening time? I would have to say that uh, that's a good question. Um, and I have been thinking about that a lot lately um, because it is such a, a multifaceted experience. But i got to say that, that uh, it's the children dancing. It's, it's, uh, it's about mid um, you know, mid-evening, I play from 6 until 9, and uh, right around 7 o'clock is when things start to happen. People are coming downtown to go to dinner. Um, the parents bring their children downtown to go to uh, get some ice cream and just kind of hang out. And it's not dark yet most of the, most of the time, and uh, they come by with their kids, and you look into those little faces. And uh, some of them are incredibly smart and, uh, you know, like really uh, full of energy and fun. And so I've uh, gotten to the point where uh, I almost don't pay any attention to the, to the parents. Mm-hmm. And I just talk to the kids. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Keeps it fresh and sure. exciting. That's dynamite. So the, the twilight twinkle toes hour of dance, huh? Oh, yeah. And uh, somebody tells us to get the clock fixed, okay? Because right. uh, the, the bell now just goes ding, 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 ding. And it's a little out of whack and it's really quiet. Yeah. But the cool thing about the bell is that it is in the key of C. Oh, is it? And that's the only key I can play in. Right. So uh, when the bell comes off, then what? I will do is stop what I'm playing and kind of answer it back, and we'll go back and forth, and that's a lot of fun for the folks as well. <laughs> as it, has it always been in the key of C? Oh, it is. Well, okay. oh, since I've been here. Yeah, all right. Okay. All right. Uh, Brendan and I have been here for almost, I guess, 11 years now. Nice. And when we first arrived, the clock wasn't working at all, so right. I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Absolutely, you know. yeah. It was refurbished around that time. Yeah, so. sent it off to a prison in Washington State or something like that, and they fixed it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess in oversight by a, a clock master, mm-hmm. some gentleman that's in there. So, how, so what uh, what brought you to Petaluma? How did you arrive here in Petaluma? Well, it's funny. Uh, long story short is that I was in the musical instrument business for 40 years. And I started out as a road rep, uh, full-time, five days a week, selling musical instruments to mom-and-pop music stores back in the 70s. And before there was Guitar Center and before, you know, the change. And uh, it was a great fun. It was a great uh, career. 
Ended up working at uh, PV Electronics for two years down in Meridian, Mississippi, where I became a man in Meridian, Mississippi, I might have. Um, I learned how to keep my Yankee mouth shut in Meridian, Mississippi. Oh, back. And um, from there, we went to Texas, Jackson Charvel Guitars, and then uh, got, the, got the call and went to Fender Musical Instruments down at the time. It was in Brea, Southern California, and I was their promotion director. And... From there, we bounced around because Fender moved to Phoenix, and uh, I figured Phoenix was just short of being just as bad as Meridian, Mississippi, and decided to try to stay in Southern California. Bounced around, worked for Roland in the studio, uh, Alisa Studio Electronics, and then ended up as the communication director for NAM, the International Music Products Association. And did that for about five years, and then decided to go out on my own, and when I did, I, of course, called on people that I had established relationships with over the 30 years or so, and one of them was a fellow who owned a musical instrument case company here in Petaluma, California. Reunion Blues was the name of the, of the case. That's a cool name. And uh, it's a really high-end, all-leather, you know, really, really high-end stuff. I mean, a base case was 800 bucks, and it was a bag, not even a case. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's... That's what people want, so they'll spend the money. And so that was my first client, of course, and so I drove up some, from Southern California and came into Petaluma and said to myself, what is this? What is going on here? What is this? Because we are from St. Louis. I spent a long time in Chicago, you know, the old buildings and the old around and And, of course, Southern California is not that at all. And when we got up here, it was like the iron front buildings, etc. Yeah. So I went and visited with my new client. We went to lunch, and I watched out the window. Some guy playing guitar out on the street, and people walking by, and there's no heat, and there's no pollution. It's like, uh, really, it moved me. And uh, by the time it came for me to go back home that evening, I, honest to goodness, made an illegal U-turn right in front of the Goodwill and came back into Petaluma. And, this guy's office at the time was in the yellow school building right downtown. Oh, yeah. School administration building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I walked into his, I've known him for 30 years, so, you know, good relationship. And I walked into his office and closed the door behind it. And he said, what are you doing back? And I said, I, I want you to hire me full time. And uh, so we worked out a deal. I was making at least half, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still worth it. So I called so her. That's a very optimistic view. At yeah, least half. At least half. <laughs> Not only half, just at least. Yeah. And uh, so I told, uh, I, I called Brenda and I said to her, uh, all of our stuff was in storage, by the way, because I had also just quit a full-time job at Guitar Center as their special projects manager, and we were thinking of moving to that area. So we turned the truck around and it came up here and we bought a house down on uh, 5th and right around C Street. And it's been a pleasure ever since. And I, uh, having been born and raised in East St. Louis, Illinois, um, I am extremely grateful for the life that I've had. And I am extremely grateful for landing here. And I'm extremely grateful for uh, uh, what Petaluma has also done for my wife and myself in terms of uh, her uh, prognosis her uh, cancer she's better now she's fine uh, folks she's uh, gardening she's telling me what to do again and um, about, about 10 years ago I wanted to give back and I never knew community before really uh, I did, we just jerked the kids up and took them with us in all the different places and never had the opportunity 
to uh, be involved in community. And, you know, where I started, you don't want to be involved in community. I mean, you know, East St. Louis, Illinois, there's practically nothing there anymore. There was almost nothing there at the time. So uh, I just decided one thing that I knew how to do was to play an old honky-tonk piano because I uh, played at uh, Shakey's Pizza Parlors for years. Oh, my God, I remember yeah. Shakey's. Yeah. yeah, me and a band player. And, back. Oh, baby. <laughs> and Munch a Bunch of Lunch. Is that, that so live music at Shakey's? That was a rock in Shakey's. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was. Um, it was mostly in Chicago. Um and we ended up uh, at the Shakey's Pizza Parlor playing Jim Dino and myself, the Cicero Kid. That was his name. Nice. And we were both in our early, early, early 20s. Hell, I'm sorry, heck, uh, I was probably 19 at the time. And uh, we were right next to the um, airport and the stewardess training center. So uh, we had a lot of fun at that Shakey's Pizza Parlor. And... Uh, so it kind of stuck with me. Uh, we did it for a number of years, and so I went and got an old Kimball piano and uh, painted it up and brought it downtown. And on the very first day, it was crazy. There was a guy from the Argus Courier or the Press Democrat, one of the two, might have been Press Democrat, was downtown trying to cover a jazz event that never happened. So there he was down there with his video camera looking for something, anything to go back to the office with. And here's this guy across the street playing a piano. An old upright piano, you know, 600-pound thing. So he came and interviewed me. Wheeled around by hand, everyone. If you have only ever seen John on location. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not getting to location. Right. Um, and I'm moving a lot of pianos now because I'm trying to beat the weather. We're going to bring them in for the wintertime, the painted pianos. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, he got himself an interview, and uh, he went back and edited, edited it together. Uh, and that week it hit, and then Pam Tarliat, who was the mayor at the time, picked up on that, and she invited me over to her mom's house where they had a grand piano, and she interviewed me for uh, public uh, TV here in Petaluma. And then from there, uh, Marie McCusker, yeah, who was downtown association, and I established a really, it, it was like, it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's all. That's all I can really say. It would, you know, the way that it, uh, the reaction was immediate. Yeah, so. yeah. What I, what I love about your story is that music was a component your entire life, it sounds like. I oh, mean, sure. In some way or another, you were always involved in music. Yeah, yeah. Um, we come from an Irish Catholic Democrat clan of six kids, and uh, all of the uh, girls, there were three girls, three boys, took piano lessons, uh, because still at the time, during that time in the 50s, it was tradition that the females in the uh, traditional Irish uh, clan, and I'm sure others, learned to play the piano. And that's uh, just an old, that's just a residual from when there was no television, and uh, the, the piano was the center of the, of the home. And uh, the, the teacher would come in, and they'd practice their lessons, and then I would climb up on the piano stool and play the song they were trying to learn. And, oh, boy, that used to make them so mad. Is that right? And, uh, Is it a very natural uh, grace for it? Yeah, just from, yeah. You know, just from listening to it. But it was always in the key of C. You know, I never did learn to read music. Um, and uh, so, yeah, for my entire life, music has been, and I was very, very fortunate uh, to, oh, Here's one. This just uh, this just came in to my brain. 
uh, in Chicago, the bottom fell out of the entertainment business, and I'm going to say that was probably in 1979, 77, I don't know. And when you say entertainment, does not mean like the live? Yeah, the live performances, yeah. Okay. Um, there was a lot of... Uh, Places closing down, and I played full time for a living, and so the bottom fell out of my income. And uh, Brenda was a X-ray technician at the time, and we were, uh, you know, just kind of going along, no kids yet, and we just kind of freshly gotten married. And uh, so it'd be seventy-six, seventy—I don't know, I can't remember, seventy-two. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's retired, uh, folks. It happened in the seventies, all right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean that, that alone is a reason enough not to remember. Um, but, uh, so my dad, uh, who was a railroad man in East St. Louis, Illinois for 25 years, uh, what a romantic title. Dad yeah. He's a railroad He's a railroad man. A director of personnel. He started as a messenger boy after, after the war. And, uh, he ended up going through a training program with Alcoa because Alcoa owned the railroad. So they sent him to a smelting plant in Evansville, Indiana. And when we went broke... Dad said, come on to uh, Alcoa, and I'll get you a job, you know, in the office. And I wasn't completely satisfied with that. But, you know, when you're desperate, you do what you got to do. Uh-huh. And all of the rest of my family members ended up working for the Altman Southern Railroad, or Southern Railroad, because Dad got them in, mm. you know. So I, we, Brenda and I picked up and moved to Evansville, Indiana, and I went in for the interview. And I looked around at the offices and at the cubicles and at the ties and at the cloths and smelled the perfumes and just said, i got to get out of here. Uh, and Dad was terribly disappointed, but I left the interview. I, mean, I was in the middle of the interview, and I said to the guy, I'm sorry, but I can't do this. I just can't do it. You're kidding, right? Because he's now going to get in trouble because his boss is my dad. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't convince my son to stay. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, I ended up walking the streets in downtown Evansville, Indiana. Brenda had found a job at a pet grooming place, and that lasted one day when they had her cleaning the cages all day long. From an x-ray technician. <laughs> That's been a little bit of a shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can still remember her coming home that night. But, but you had packed everything up, and you, yeah. you, you headed that way. You were like, That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Okay. So uh, then I went from door to door downtown Evansville looking for anything. And uh, was told, you know, you can get a job driving this truck here. Just shave off that mustache. And uh, wow. and, and so this was after you left the interview, before you got home? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you just basically wanted to come home and say, I, I have a job. The good news is, I have a job. No. The bad news is, I've already been fired. You're right. Or, 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 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So um, I walked in. So I came around the corner, and there was a music store, Shuttler ABC Music Store. Two different music stores in downtown. They acted like they competed with each other. It was great. Uh, one was a Fender dealer. One was a Gibson dealer. One was a Baldwin dealer. The other one was a Kimball dealer. You know, and we'd refer to one another. It was great. But I went into the uh, into the store and got up a, in one of the windows. There was a little white baby grand sitting there, and I just said to myself, "I'm going to play this thing until they just tell me to go away." And I just needed the release. So I got about two songs out, and this guy appears from the back office. He's standing there looking at me, and I played the third, third song through, and he looked at me. His name was Bill, Bill Metcalf. He was the owner's son. He said to me, uh, did you play the piano in, in uh, Despens, Illinois, at a Shakey's Pizza Planner? No way. Please, really? And I looked at him, 
And I said, uh, yeah. He said, you want a job? <laughs> he had, was on a layover and ended up going to the Shakies and caught our act and even said to the guy that he was with, boy, I'd like to have that guy selling pianos for me. Wow. And that, that's what happened. So I ended up a piano salesman and learned all the tricks of the trade people. And I'll tell you what they are someday, but we don't have time here. <laughs> and some of them were just so incredible. It's like the used car salesman on steroids. But uh, from there, uh, a rep came in, and he sold Alvarez guitars out of St. Louis, Missouri. And he taught me how to sell guitars, and I sold so many guitars that the owner of St. Louis Music wanted to know who I was. And we ended up moving back to St. Louis. It's just crazy. Oh my and that's the way that the career started, because... Yeah. Uh, St. Louis Music was a distributor, and uh, I worked on a packing table in the warehouse and learned all about the merchandise. And then about a year later, they put me on the road, and from there it just grew. And again, it was a time when you could do that. You know, it was yeah. a time when you could use your imagination, and technology wouldn't just overwhelm you. You could go in and make build relationships and yeah. that kind of stuff. So. I built them very quickly, but you built relationships around music. It, uh, yeah. I mean, well, most of the people who owned music stores back then were about my age or older, and they were tired of traveling, and they, you know, started out wanting to be rock stars, and ended up having to get real jobs, and didn't want to go corporate, just like I didn't want to. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, was there ever a moment where you were like, "Man, I'm passionate," or "My passion is music," or was it just so innately there from the time that you were young and your sisters were getting trained yeah. on the piano? I didn't know any better. Yeah. And you know, just it was just it. Um, yeah, so it doesn't even sound like there was a process on it. it. Just was it was presented to you. It was like this is part of who I am. Yeah. I mean, I I would guess that I would end up standing there looking at the sisters struggling with the keys. And I think it's most. I think it's a lot. Of ma- I think it's mathematics. Yeah. When you look at a keyboard, there's two, three, two, three, two, three, two, three black keys, and you just kind of learn what comes from that. And you've got another octave, and it's the same thing, and on and on. So it just came naturally. Yeah. yeah. So would you say you're one of those folks then that can play by ear, so they can come yeah. up and hum a little bit, and then you can take it off from there? Yeah. If I uh, yeah, and, unless it's really a you know complicated classical piece or whatever, but uh, you know regular pop songs that people have requests most of the time, I can fake them. Yeah, you know, so. uh, it's dynamite. Did anyone ever come up and challenge you with, "Hey, do you know this?" Or, oh, sure. Is, it, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, we used to have contests. Um, you know, stump the piano player contests. Oh, great! And people today, when I'm out there playing, uh, will come up with requests, and um, some of them are really great. As a matter of fact, some of them are so good that you've forgotten about them. That it's a part of my, you know, I I always play it. And it's now your repertoire. Yeah, like, yeah. You're like, well, thank you very much. Really, really. And so you actually re- you recently had an event as well, didn't you? Um, a hockey talk event. Yeah. Um, it uh, it's the uh, the Petaluma River Promenade. Yeah. Uh, is the name of the program that we've done. I met this guy. Uh, I don't know, nine years ago or so, named Christopher Stevick. Yes, Mr. Tile. Yeah, he. And Trestle, uh, man. Tile and Trestle. He's Christopher Stevick. Yes, sir. You know, that's that's who he is. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I got such a kick out of the guy, and, and uh, one thing led to another, and uh, I realized that he was beating his head up against the wall trying to save the Trestle. And, uh, you know, and I was I was kind of into that. I could see, I could see. What oh he was, yeah. yeah, I could yeah. see that. I applauded his efforts and helped yeah. out a little bit myself. I just so. But uh, the probably the thing that turned it around the most was uh, there was actually two things. Uh, one was uh, I was out playing one night, 
and I heard little screams coming from the uh, river area behind me. I thought, whoa, what's going on back there? And then laughter, and then more screams, and then laughter. And I'm thinking, well, nobody's getting killed, <laughs> you know, as they used to say in Meridian. Nobody got killed. Um, so uh, I got down off the bench and went to see what was going on, and there were hundreds of little rodents uh, running back and forth between the river and the dumpsters back behind there. The light of the Kaluma River. And then uh, as I stood there, Tiffany time came because I turned kind of left and I looked over the turning basin and there was an island in the turning basin. Yes, sir. There's now. And, uh, you know, and I just got to thinking, this is, this, no, this is no good. This needs to be our strongest asset here in town, you know. And who the heck am I? I'm just a Freaking piano player said, you know, I mean, but still in my brain, I'm thinking to myself, there's got to be something somebody can do, and there's got to be something I can do. Right. So how can I incorporate what I do? Uh, I know musical instruments. Uh, when I was at NAM, uh, I was the director of communications there, and the research that they were spending millions of dollars on. <clears throat> that's the other NAM, by the way, folks. That's the fun NAM. Yeah, it's the International Music Products Association. Yeah, that's what it is. But uh, uh, the research that connects the actual manual making of music with brain development in children, all that science came in, and my job was to make it so people could understand it and put it out there into the Time Magazine and Newsweek and all that. And uh, I became hooked. It was obvious. I mean, one thing's for sure. Um, I was not a good student. I was a terrible student. I couldn't pay attention. I'm dyslexic as can be. Uh, and my grades were always bad. And the only reason I got out of high school was because I had the lead role in the school play. It was a musical, and I was hands down better than anybody else that went and tried out for it. And the teachers and the principal didn't have any uh, choice. But at that time, to graduate me because it was the first year for that new all boys to girls high school in Belleville, Illinois, to have a school play. And if it got out, you know, so I passed. I was, wow. you know, and I learned a big lesson from that, and that is that music has a certain amount of power to it. And, uh, you know, and I brought that with me uh, uh, through the years. And a lesson for others with the fact that your gift might show up in ways different than and others might expect. Exactly. Want. Exactly. You know, so trust it. Follow your passion, your heart, your gift. And so uh, that was motivation number one. Motivation number two was I decided uh, the first year, which was last year, not this year, to put pianos out there on the street. And you can get them free on Craigslist now. That's just all there is to it. Um, and, uh, and I got a call uh, one afternoon from a store owner uh, who will remain, will remain nameless. Right. And... Uh, um, I had just gone down for an old man nap. I wanted to just boom, right down. I went. And the uh, uh, phone rang, and then I pick it up. And is this John Mayer? Yes, it is. Um, well, I'd like to talk to you about the piano that's out in front of my store. Um, and, uh, you know, could you move it? And I said, well, of course. You know, yes, I move pianos around all the time. And my job, as far as I'm concerned, is to help you guys. You know, uh, downtown merchants, that's my focus. It's my passion. It's my hobby. I was trying to get rid of her at that point because I wanted to go back to sleep. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I said, look, look, I promise you by tomorrow morning you won't even see it. It'll be gone. Thanks for calling. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not done yet. I said, okay. Brain's got to kick in now, John. Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. Um, eyes are kind of fluttering a little bit. Yep. And she says, um, 
I'm becoming very concerned about the landscape of our town. Hmm, there you go. And I said, oh. And she said, yeah, um, I'd like to have them all removed if you could just get rid of all of them. Oh, interesting. And uh, so now I was starting to wake up. Yeah. And I said, uh, well, you know, you know, uh, I appreciate the call, and I promise you that I'll get rid of the piano that, that you know, we're talking about. And uh, she said, uh, well, I guess I'll just have to take it up with uh, the city council. Oh, yippee. And uh, we have them, right? Yeah. And so I said, well, uh, okay, you know, and, and thank you for calling. And, you know, and uh, sure enough, she did. She called the, the authorities. And uh, they knew me, and they knew I would be, you know, come on. Right. Okay. So I went ahead, uh, and uh, this year we did painted pianos. Uh, pianos. Pianos. <laughs> pianos. That's how you pronounce it in Missouri. Well, that's when you play with your feet. <laughs> um, and uh, it was a oh, smashing, smashing success. I mean, we so artists. Yeah, when is it coming up next? I mean, we're going to do it every year. Okay, great. Because I know you've been moving pianos the last week, put everything back in storage. They're yeah. coming out again. We've already got four artists that are working on pianos. We're going to do a lot more than a dozen, I'm sure, next year. What, what time of year is that going to happen? Then? Well, it'll start in the spring. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get sponsors. Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Yeah. May I say that one more time? Absolutely. Lagunitas. Mm-hmm. Save the day because I was still dealing with being a full-time home uh, uh, giver or whatever they call them, caregiver, with my bride. And uh, uh, I didn't have time to go out and get sponsors. And I called Lagunitas and told them what I was up to. They saw the program. They looked at all the pianos. They saw the map that we made of where you can tour, you can get off the train and pick up a map and go tour the painted pianos, and they picked up the whole thing and sponsored it for me. So we, we, we pretty much broke even this first time around. Right. And we're going to do it again next year, and the money is all going toward helping to rebuild the trestle and to uh, clean up the turning basin and to build a 360-degree promenade, which will take 10 years if we're lucky. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's right after the Rainier Undercrossing. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the, yeah. That's the that's the that's the focus. Yeah. It would be fun to have you connect also with the um, maybe the Pedal and Music Festival. Uh, well, they're the judges. Oh, okay, great. Uh, what we're doing at the end of the every year is we have a honky tonk piano competition. Dynamite, dynamite. All right, we're going to have to wrap up for the next show here on KPCA, and I so appreciate you being in here, John. Absolute pleasure to have you to have you in our town as part of our community and as a giver that you are. So thank you so much for being here with us today. And thank you, Petaluma. Yeah, absolutely welcome. Everybody, have an absolutely fabulous day. Take care. This is Barton Smith with The Greater Good signing off.